Listener discretion is advised, as the Ebenezer's podcast may contain suggestive and or triggering themes and overall adult content. Hey loves, thanks for joining the Ebenezer's again. This is Jabby. And this is Doreen. We have been crazy people trying to get these episodes out, getting everything set up. It's been a whirlwind, but this week we're going to be discussing tokenism. If you don't know what tokenism is, gosh, where are you living? And two, if you have ever been the token, this is for us. But before we get into our research, we do want to take a step back um, and talk about where we are right now in this crazy world. I... I'm on week five of quarantine. Uh, Miss Doreen, what week are you on? Same, week five, yeah. Week five. So definitely probably not as long as some other countries have been or it's getting a little strange. They're talking about reopening uh, some states and I'm not sure that's a great idea. We're not past this. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. So reopening states kind of crazy. Yeah, they reopened the beaches in northern Florida yesterday and so many people went out there. And surprise, surprise, guess what happened yesterday? They had the highest number of COVID cases yesterday what? since all of this started. But the beaches are still open, which is what? unbelievable. Who knew? Who yeah. knew that would happen? So we hope you guys are staying safe. Um, it, it's you know, it's a very serious situation out there right now, but we're trying to make the best of it. And hopefully we can give you guys something to enjoy while you're going through this crazy with us. Before anything else, let's get that fun, uh, what do we call it? A What is it called? What's the, why can't I think of words anymore? <laughs> this is called mommy brain. So don't judge uh, me. I guess we're going to start with the fun segment of the show. Okay. Yeah. So wait, yes. hold on. No, the definition. There we go. Definition. Yeah. That's what I meant. So really quick, before we do the fun part, tokenism from my respectable source of Wikipedia. Tokenism is defined as the practice of making only a perfunctor, perfunctory or symbolic effort to be inclusive to members of minority groups, especially by recruiting a small number of people from underrepresented groups in order to give the appearance of racial or sexual equality within a workforce. In other words, Urban Dictionary simplified it the best, inserting characters because you have to. But really quick, Miss Doreen came up with like, this really awesome game that we're going to play. I'm going to put one minute on the clock. We are going to do our best to name as many tokens in TV, movies, and real life <laughs> as possible. So I'm going to make you go first. One minute on the clock and go. Lando Carlesian from Star Wars. Mr. Yoniyoshi in Breakfast at Tiffany's. James Tooper Spurlock from 30 Rocks. Any Tyler Perry character, even though most of the cast is Black, they're still a token character. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Bubba from Forrest Gump. Damn. Uh, Malik from Not Another Teen Movie. Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Bell. Ooh, okay. Um, token. Ha from South Park. Okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and say Cleveland from Family Guy. Dick Halloran from The Shining. So he's the magical, the magical black guy that explains Never The Shining. Never seen it. What? Oh my God. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will discuss Donna. this later. Yeah, Donna from Parks and Recreation. Okay, um, the Latin Brothers in Next Friday. Ooh, okay. Samuel Ow. Jackson. <laughs> okay, we're almost at, like, tell, tell the last one. Tell us the last one. 
Samuel Jackson in the first couple Avengers movies. Nailed it. (laughs) So those are just some of the favorites, I guess. I still had apparently the black vampire in Twilight. Nice! Pops up. (laughs) Who else did you have? I had Eric from House. Like, you remember the doctor, the one black doctor on House? Oh, played by, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Yep, that guy. That guy. Omar Epps? Yes. 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 I had Long Duke Dong from 16 Candles. (laughs) I never knew his name. That's what it is. I had a couple um, reverse like tokenisms, I guess, or well, you know, I had Kim Zolziak from Real Housewives because she was the only white member for a while on that show. Mm. And then there was, there was another character, but I couldn't remember the name from, um, what's the show called? Insecure. And She's Gotta Have It. In the first couple episodes of She's Gotta Have It, Uh there was just like one random white girl that would like show up to brunch with them and like go to yoga. And then she Uh like straight up disappeared after that like she did like four episodes and was like i'm out <laughs> people were like what is she doing here and they're like we don't know we don't she's know she's a token <laughs> that's what she's, she's doing our here. token but we love her <laughs> and we forgot the best tokens of all me and you we yes. have been tokens <laughs> many times that was fun i enjoyed doing that i got way too excited when you suggested that game <laughs> it was fun i like it so uh miss doreen what have you got for us this week so in discussing tokenism um you know i wanted to kind of explain how i became a token like unwillingly i was a light-skinned haitian girl growing up in south florida for most of my elementary school i've kind of bounced around a little a couple different places but and being haitian during the 80s was not the move like no one was was really feeling it there was a lot of like prejudice and stereotypes about us and so a lot of, of like black Americans didn't feel comfortable being friends with me. Maybe they didn't care, but their parents were like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I have had that like, oh, she's Haitian. No, 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 no. You can't hang out with her my whole life. And it's just so crazy. But then what I found was I was really accepted by the Hispanic community because they also kind of didn't fit into the black Americans, didn't fit into the white people, but like we were right in the middle. And so I was, I made the joke that like I even pretended in high school because all of my friends were either Puerto Rican or Dominican or Panamanian or Nicaraguan. And so I was like, oh, I'm Dominican too, because I'm Haiti. I'm from Haiti. And we share the island of Hispaniola with Dominican Republic. But it was just a joke, you know, but it's just funny how I try to assimilate because I still felt like my culture wasn't really represented. So I was the token for most of my like childhood friendships. And it wasn't really until I went to school in the Bahamas that I got to hang out with other Black women. And even then I wasn't accepted at first, but they were like, okay, I was still the token. American girl. I was still the token Haitian girl, but at least I was with people who shared my culture. And then I really was like, okay, I've always hung out with Spanish people, but this feels a little bit better. But again, it's not that they didn't accept me or I didn't like them. I just was always that one person that no one could really fully identify with. Like if I talked about eating plantains and, you know, or eating like some Haitian food or like, oh, someone making a racist comment to me, they just couldn't identify with it because they didn't grow up with that same, you know, prejudice or having to have those same experiences. So as a token I felt like I couldn't share everything and I had to just share like this little bit of information that made sense to them and so that's how I became the token and then it then when I 
went to college. I hung out with nothing but Black and Hispanic people again, but they were on the same level that I was. We all quote unquote spoke properly. So, you know, we had the white voice and all that. And, you know, I had, they always said, well, you, you know, why do you talk like that? Why are you so proper? And I was like, that's just how I speak, you know? And, and when I went to Denver, I became a token again because there are Black people in Denver, but <laughs> not many. Um, but there are, they are there, but they're usually like that same thing. It's one, one black person per group of like white or Spanish people kind of mixed in there. And there's a certain level of like, there's only room for one of us here that kind of like, I kind of noticed. And so I also noticed that in Denver, people are really, they really try to be inclusive. They love getting to know new people, new experiences. And I was a widely sought out commodity. Everybody wanted their own token. And I was that person. They felt like they could ask me all the questions that they've always wanted to ask me, you know, are you mixed? You know, what, what do you do with your hair? How does the weave work? Is it braided into your scalp? Like it's, tell us all the things that we've always wanted to know because we don't have to worry about offending you. And that is one of the pitfalls of being a, a token person in a group, right? Is that you may become the representative of all of those questions or if something is offensive or not offensive, they're going to look to you to be like, what do you think? Can we say this? Can we not say this? And, and so you have to be really careful if you are a token and maybe you don't realize you are a token and you just happen to be part of this friend group that made you feel at home. But you may be a token if every time it comes time to get loud or to check somebody, they look to you like, handle that. You might be a token. <laughs> I just realized what you were doing. <laughs> you might be a token if. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> Oh my God. And, and I think it can be really dangerous, but also tokenism doesn't just belong to black people. Like tokenism can also be with, um, with race, sexuality and all that. Like there's always like a gay guy in a group of girls, right? You're a token, you know, like that's the token. When someone has you in a group as their representative for someone who's different from them, then that essentially being a token. However, um, you can also have it the other way where there might be certain people like Rachel Dolsey who identify as African-American but are in born as a white Caucasian female. But she, as she got older, she felt that she identified more as African-American, so much so that she started to, you know, tan herself to make herself look darker, tried to use extensions to give herself a more texturized hairstyle. But if you read back through some of her history, she actually went to an HBCU in, I think, Washington, D.C., and there was a job opening. And this is before she changed her, you know, her, her nationality. She wanted a job and they gave it to a Black person. So she sued the university and was like, it's not fair that I didn't get, you know, considered for this position because of my race. She felt like they only gave it to this Black person because they were Black and she wasn't considered. So the lawsuit went nowhere because she never actually applied for the position. So that's why you weren't considered. You felt like it should have been given to you, which is a little bit of that white privilege. And so are you allowed to just choose your nationality and be like, you know what, because this is who I want to be with, these are the people that I feel comfortable with, I'm just going to change my nationality to being Black. But you still showed a big chunk of white privilege in just the way that you handled that. And so she tried, then she, you know, we all know she ended up working for the NAACP. No one knew she was Black. She started over a whole new life and then she was outed and all this stuff came out. When that happened, I was talking to a friend of mine who also, I found out after this, identified as African-American. And so she she was telling me that she has only dated black guys. All of her friends have been black or Hispanic. Pause. Yeah. Hold on one second. You never told me this because this is awesome. Is this person white or Hispanic or? She's white. 
Okay. And, you know, so she grew up in, in a Black environment, Black friends, Black everything. And I'm, I have been friends with her for over a decade when the Rachel Dolezal thing happened. And so we were talking about it. And I was like, well, I wonder how you feel because essentially she was kind of our token, right? Like the white slash Spanish girl who was in our group with all Black people and only dated Black men. I never saw her as being racially different from us. She was just a friend. But when this happened, I was curious because I saw some similarities in what they were saying in between Rachel and what my friend had said historically. And I asked her, she was like, well, truth be told, whenever I apply for anything or put down anything as my race, I check off African-American. And I was, yeah. And I was shocked. And I was like, wait, like everything. She was like, if you look me up in like any federal database, financial aid, all of that, it would say that I'm African-American. And I felt so strongly about this. I was like, that's not fair. You don't get to pick and choose what part of our culture you get to identify with. Because what if you got certain access to scholarships or funding that was specifically set aside for African-Americans and you technically are white? Like, do you get to just choose your race? So can I just start checking off that I'm white Caucasian on forms because that's what I identify with? I don't know. But we're living in a time where people can choose their gender, people can choose their sex or not choose one at all. And that's okay, right? So why can't people choose their nationality? But for me, it's because you don't get to have the struggles or the prejudice that comes with that. You're just choosing it because you enjoy the culture and you don't get any of the pain that goes with that. And if when it's convenient to you, you can always just be like, you know what? Never mind. That was just a phase. Let me go back. And I feel like that's not necessarily fair. So also in time, just a little bit. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's <in> my soul. <laughs> been there. Why? I mean, it's true. I mean, you have people every day who, you know, want to identify as something that they're not. And it's just like, but you don't really understand the struggle that we've been through to be here and to just survive our day to day. Like someone could be like, oh yeah, I'm down with this group or whatever. But to me, it's interesting. Like your friends who are other races are always so supportive of you until it's time to be supportive of your blackness, you know, and when it really matters. Sometimes you just see those people kind of trickle off and it's hurtful because you can't say that you're there for me if you're not there during a struggle that makes you uncomfortable as well. Even if you agree with me, I, even if you can find that sometimes your white counterparts or Hispanic counterparts will kind of shy away from something because they're just, oh God, like, I just don't even want to think about that. I don't want to risk it. And it's just like, no, like if you are part of my life, risk it for me, you know, like be together with me because I will risk other situations for you, you know, whether it has to do with race or whatever. But anyways, side note, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So then there are a couple pitfalls of being the token, right? You'll notice that sometimes people of other races will be like, hey, girlfriend, or hey, my brother, or, and you're just like, no, no, please stop it. Like, and they feel like, well, I'm talking your language. And it's like, you don't need to, we all speak the same language. And so you may not realize that you're doing that, but if you are, please stop it. None of us want that. None of us have asked for this. We don't need it. We don't want it. I'm going to speak for black people when I say that. And then like, if (laughs) and other times some people feel like, well, Hey, how many times have you heard this? I'm not racist. I have a black friend that does not give you a pass to say whatever racist stuff that you're about to say, or whatever stereotypes that you believe in. Some people will literally try to get a token person just so they can feel like, okay, you know, ease my, my guilt, you know, and I have someone so I can, you know, I'm not this, I'm not part of this group, but acknowledging your privilege and understanding that you do have a privilege in life and you may be treated differently. That's okay because you 
have to understand you may not have experiences. And if you close your eyes to it, that's not any better. Acknowledge what's happening and understand that acknowledging it doesn't mean that you're a part of the problem, but ignoring it means that you're part of the problem. So you might be a token if every time your friends say something about race, they tiptoe around it and look at you like, are you offended? You might be a token. <laughs> Let's say you go to a Publix and the cashier is giving you lip or oh whatever. God, and they're like, subs. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, go, go. <laughs> Uh, whenever you leave Florida, Publix is a thing that you miss with your whole soul. Whole <laughs> awesome. soul. Or if you might notice that people start using smaller words or if they use a big word, they look at you and define it. You might be a token because there is this mentality that has stemmed back from, you know, slavery days where black people are, aren't quite as intelligent. Like we might be athletically gifted. They're willing to accept that. Like look at our basketball teams or our football teams and all of that. They're cool with that. But when you try to own a team or when you try to be a boss, people will try to kind of break you down because they're just not used to that. They gave us this box and we need to stay in it. And so that is really hard for people to kind of accept. Also, uh, you might be a token if they're playing nothing but Maroon 5 and then you walk in and suddenly they want to play Jay-Z. You might be a token. <laughs> Girl. Stop. <laughs> If you walk into a bar with your group of non-African American friends and you see another black person across the bar and you give them the mandatory black head nod, you might be a token, but that's okay. Acknowledge your people, especially living in Denver. It wasn't my intention, but there really weren't any black people that I could hang out with. Or if they were there, they already had their friend group and did not seem at all, at all willing to let me in, you know? And so I, I go with who wants me. And again, there's nothing wrong with hanging out with people who are not of your race. Just be careful in making sure that you keep your identity. The other part of tokenism that I find for men is let's say you're that you're that one white or Spanish guy in that group and you guys like to listen to rap music and all this stuff and someone says the n-word. Do you have to bleep it out? I mean, these are your homies, right? Like you hang out with them all the time. They say it to each other. It does not give you a pass. You are still not allowed. And so a lot of people feel like, well, why not? You know, this is this is a culture I identify with. I should be able to say it too. Getting an N-word pass is not a thing. We are trying to take the power back from the racial slurs that it was used. And so we use it. I don't agree with it. I try not to use it in my everyday language because yeah. I understand how that can be confusing. Um, but oh, again, like that is a problem. So, and then another problem of being a token is that you may hang out with a group of white people. You guys go to a restaurant, you're treated a certain way, you go in the gas station, treated a certain way. You may start to feel entitled to be treated that same way that your white peers or your Spanish peers or your, maybe it's a financial difference or whatever. You might start to feel entitled to being treated that way all the time. And that can be dangerous because you start to form like this ego, like I deserve to be treated this way. But ultimately, yes, this group of people may see you as an equal, but we all know that not everyone in the world is going to see you that way. And, and I, another thing with a lot of Black men who are tokens is they start to see dating someone outside of their race as sort of this trophy. Like, I know that I have arrived because I was able to get someone outside of my race. And again, they say that goes back to slavery days because when you were a slave, what is the one thing you couldn't do? One thing you were never allowed? Death on sight. You couldn't touch white women. You couldn't date a white woman. It was a big no-no. So what bigger status symbol than dating a white woman is there? But maybe it's a subconscious thing, or maybe that's just who you're attracted to. And that's perfectly fine. But I have a qualm when it comes to dating exclusively outside of your race, because again, there's nothing wrong with it. 
but is there a form of like self-hate there? Do you feel like people who look like you are not worthy of your love or attention? Or do you feel like you're not worthy of it? You know, and so that's always my thing. Whenever I meet a black guy that's like, I don't date black women, they're ghetto, they're too loud, they're this. I'm like, you haven't met them all. Maybe there's a personality trait in this race that you like, but you may also find a black woman, like just be open to being into a person and not making your type so specific that the color of someone's skin will automatically disqualify them from getting your love. Fall in love with the person. Don't say you don't want someone who shares your similar skin tone or looks like the rest of your family. I feel like there's a little bit of self-hate there, but that's my opinion. Again, there's nothing wrong with interracial dating. I don't want anyone to like come for me, but that's just my personal opinion. So I'm just going to insert my right here where the whole have a black friend uh, type thing, but she you can't come for Doreen because Jabby dated and right now married, obviously, outside of her race. So you can't come for her because she has a friend that does that. <laughs> I do. And I have a sister, you know, so that's true. Yeah, I have no qualms with it. But like, if you ever want to read a little bit more about my views of tokenism, or where I kind of base a lot of this thought, I definitely recommend reading this book called Miseducation of the Negro. And then there's also another book called The Invisible Life that's really good that you guys should definitely get into. But that's really all that I have on tokenism. I'm curious to see what Jabby's take is on it. (laughs) So tokenism in popular culture and everyday life, it's primarily focused on black people and why wouldn't you i mean it's just in our faces a lot and we personally have experienced that the same way that you said you grew up a little bit i literally spent my early elementary days i grew up in buffalo first buffalo new york and i was probably one of five black kids in my school and there was maybe even less asian and hispanic kids in that school mind you none of those black kids were in my grade they were all separated you know amongst the school so i was literally like one in a million right same thing with my neighborhood you know there weren't a lot of black kids in the neighborhood then moving to miami then i became the token because i sounded like a white girl quote unquote right you know I've experienced it as well. um, And it's quite interesting. It makes for a uh, interesting life story. But basically, Doreen and I have also experienced this in a professional world as well. Being Black women in this corporate space is really, I'd say, conflicting because no matter what, I mean, there, there was a point in my life where I never thought, did I get this job just because, you know, I'm Black? I worked really hard in my field and I always present myself well and things like that. But I have heard during an interview, wow, you speak really well. You present really well. You know, Part of me was like, okay, maybe this might be because of where I'm applying and my age group, you know, that could have been a thing, but I don't think it was until I was really deep in my career that I really took a step back and I was like, you know what? I think this is because of my race. And I think it's because they want me to be the token, but they want me to be their type of token, you know, and they want me to be a silent token. And that is really hard to deal with, especially with a personality like mine. But, you know, we, we lived through it. Yep. 
Yes, ma'am. So I forgot to mention that too. At yeah. work, those are what you said, like you're so well-spoken or, you know, you really fit in. Those are microaggressions. And mm -hmm. maybe a lot of people don't even realize that they're doing it. And sometimes, you know, other people of the same race will do it to you as well and try to make you fit into that little token box. You know, some people will say like not being promoted, like you may have gotten the job, but you'll never go higher, but you'll watch uh, your counterpart who has less experience being promoted up because they are of the same race as a person who makes a decision. People subconsciously, I, I'm going to say subconsciously, right? Because I'm trying to give them better for the doubt, will promote or give people power that look like them right? They, yeah. they just want to group it together. But sometimes tokens are worried that another person who is of the same race as them will knock them all down a notch. And so they don't want to promote them. Like I remember I worked for a doctor. I mean, she had gone to Berkeley and all these other schools and was so highly educated. And she had been with the company for like 10 years and got promoted to become like a vice president. And another person who was a minority told me, another minority that the only reason why she was promoted so high was because of affirmative action which is just so uh, insulting but also that same hurts. doctor that got promoted when another black person in the office got braids for vacation and just had them for a couple weeks she pulled her to the side and was just like we don't want to do these super afrocentric hairstyles at work it doesn't help you fit in you need to make sure your hair is a certain way and i'm like you are a minority why are you telling us that we can't have our hair a certain way to fit into this group but because she's been a token for so long she knows that that's how she was able to assimilate and so she's in her head she's like I'm trying to help you but also in the workforce you'll see like I remember there was a really ghetto girl that started like she was I mean a mess <laughs> and every time we have a new hire we take them to lunch I never really go. I'm executive assistant. Like they, I don't have to go. And this, um, the manager of this girl was like, oh, I need both of you guys to go. The only two black women in the office. I need both of you guys to go. And then we go and we meet the girl and we're like, you didn't want to be alone with her because she's so different than you. So you invited your two tokens to come and be a buffer. Or when like my boss is like, oh, hey, I'm having a problem with this person. Can you go and talk to them? I'm like, that's your employee, but you don't ask me to talk to your white employees, but you want me to talk to your black employees and to get them under check because they're too aggressive or they don't fit the culture. And it's just really hard to watch and listen because you realize that maybe you don't know, but you feel so comfortable with me as your token that you feel like I need to help you be a buffer so that you're not too aggressive or you don't offend someone. So let me go send my token to go address this other token and put them in place. I hated it. Anyway, but continue. That's really awesome because we both watch Insecure. A shout out to Issa Rae. She's amazing. And yes. she literally, I think, I don't remember what season, was it season two or three? But Molly actually does that. Like there's actually, a you know, in her law firm that ends up happening to her where she's you know, the token Black person. And she does not mind sharing her space with another Black person that comes into the office. But what ends up happening is her, her colleagues do not like the type of Black that this, this new person is. And she does not fit into what they want her to be as a token. Because honestly, if she was another race and she was, you know, the same way, you know, a lot, you know, outspoken and just funny and just kind of out there and using younger slang, they would have been fine with it probably. They would have been like, oh, she's just young and, you know, a little crazy and that's fine. But because she was Black, they asked Molly to come in and, hey, can you talk to her? Can you just kind of like help her like become a part of the culture and things like that? And I will say that I, at one point, was guilty of that very early on in my career. Not with someone who came into my office, but someone who was trying to get an office position. 
And I was like, you have to straighten your hair. And then it was a lot different than where we are right now. But looking back on it now, I was just, I'm really ashamed that I said that to someone, especially a woman of color, because we should not be afraid to be ourselves. And that's a whole other episode that we could do. But yeah, it's really shameful. Like I should not have told this person, you know, you can't be yourself because you should be valued by who you are. But it is seen at the end of the day, you look at them and you're just like, I'm trying to help you because honestly, if you go into this office and you look this way, they may not hire you. Not every place is like Denver. Denver will hire you where you've got tattoos. Like I got hired a couple times where I had extensions in different color extensions, mind you. I've gone to interviews with piercings, things like that. And Denver's just a different culture, but there are other places that will not hire you if you look a certain way. You know, they're just afraid. And um, I mean, I feel like the culture is getting better about things like that, but still, we have a lot of work to do. So I had my shameful moment back out of that. But that's personal growth, right? That's you growing and realizing that you were part of the problem. You know, like whether you realize it or not, we've all tried to help people assimilate. And now in the culture that we're in now, we're like, oh crap, like I didn't have to do that. I could have Mm -hmm. just encouraged her to be herself and let her words speak for her. But unfortunately, society wasn't always the most accepting and now they're getting better about it. But like if they got rid of affirmative action, do you think that we would still be as readily promoted, you know, or hired on? That's hard. I don't think so. It's hard to to do that. And the other thing that I'm thinking about is, and I've been in this situation where I, I thought about it now as you know, I'm older, I had a situation in one of the offices where I've always been the kind of person that I'm extremely helpful, you know, it doesn't matter what position I'm in, someone below me, technically, you know, by their titles below me or whatever, I'm, I still want to help them grow things like that. I want to help you out in the day to day office things, if you need me to help you wash that dish. <laughs> I will wash the dishes, you know, whatever, whatever you need me to do. And some places they push you into being the token, like you are fine, like where you are, you know, I typically, when I first come in, I'm very um, quiet and not as outspoken. Obviously most people are, cause you're just finding your way. And I feel like sometimes people try to create issues where you become that person, where they want to make you out to be the typical black person or the typical angry black woman. And you're trying to defend yourself and you're just, I'm not like this. This is not what happened. But just because of your race and because of how they look at you, they're, you know, the higher ups are just like, well, no, that must be what happened. Of course, that's what happened. You must be, you know, this angry person and so aggressive. So you know what? I believe that person. And so it's just really hard to find that balance. And I feel like we kind of moved away a little bit from tokenism. And I think that we'll definitely touch on more of, of um, topics like this a little bit more. But for me, when I thought about tokenism as well. I also thought about other types of tokens, right? Doreen, you mentioned kind of the reverse of Black tokenism, you know, having that one white person in the group that everyone gets along with. Like Dave Chappelle has that joke (laughs) about a group of Black guys. And then you see like that one, the one white guy in the group. And he was like, do not mess with that white guy (laughs) because he's done some shit that has gained all those Black guys respect. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's something, it's kind of interesting like that. But then you also have in entertainment as well, you have these other types of tokens, right? You have, you mentioned again, the gay token, you have the goth tokens, you have the cheerleader, the blonde, you know, the super jock guy, you know, things like that. So really quick, I wanted to share my favorite token, of course, is Token from South Park. That show in itself, I'm a fan of. They do really well with social issues. But 
sometimes the token comes on to make sure to, it's like they want to make it painfully awkward for viewers, for people to realize that you are just accepting of him because he's a token. And then also, what's his imprint? Oh gosh, I can't think of the guy's name, but the character in Not Another Teen Movie, he's the only black guy in the movie. It's a spoof of, there was a movie with Freddie Prince Jr. or something. Scary. Do you remember? Oh yeah, uh, with the, oh man. I yeah, can't... I do remember. But it was one where the girl was like an artist or whatever. I know what you did last summer. No, 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 no. Not a scary one. This was like oh. a rom-com, like a, a romance one. But his name, okay, I'm sorry, I found it. His name is Preston Duhill. And oh, yeah. He was a token in like every movie back then. For a minute, right? <laughs> yes. And so his character I thought was really funny and not another teen movie because obviously in you know spirit of what the movie does it's just spoofing but whenever his character came on screen they made a reference to why he even existed in the movie and he existed as the token there's actually a scene where they're at a party and he sees another black guy at the keg and he goes up to him and he's like my dude what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm, I'm in this scene. And he's like, no, you're not. This is my movie. You can't be here. So there can only be one, right? There can only be one. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, Highlander. But that one, it's one of my favorite movies with that stuff. Um, he's like, there's one part where he's like, oh, I'm just here to say things like, that's whack. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so stupid. But side note, one, one year I went to Miami Comic Con and two of the Walking Dead stars were there, two of the actors. And these are side characters, both black. And one of them, I had a chance to just sit and chat with him for a second and I actually made a comment to him. And I was like, hey dude, you're still on the show. <laughs> like something like that. And he was like, yes. He was like, I hope I'll still be there next season. And if we just had this moment of like, yeah, I know exactly what you're getting at because there really can only be one. And so it's so painfully hilarious how even two people, I've, ne I've never met this man, obviously, you know, like I'm just as a fan to saying, hey, I like your work make a comment and he knew exactly what I was talking about because it, it's what it what our reality is really and even though tokenism when you think about it it's usually referring to entertainment outlets but obviously for you and I and for everyday people especially black or Hispanic individuals this is a very real feeling within white spaces you touched on affirmative action and you know I, I go back and forth thinking about it and yes it is a necessity like it is without a doubt I am a hundred percent for it because we have a crazy ass history where we do need this to help you know people move along with their lives but honestly sometimes I just think about it did I just fill someone's quota was I the acceptable black person because I speak a certain way because I present a certain way did I become that representative for them and a lot of times I think yeah sometimes I do become the representative and just it's really hard not to feel that way and it's hard to like go through life double checking yourself that way and just seeing like how valuable am I in this profession or in this world that I've given that I feel so strongly about and that I enjoy so much. I also looked into um, this book. I, I didn't know this, but Dr. King wrote a book back in 1964 and he touched on tokenism in it. And even after just reading a couple excerpts, I just felt all kinds of ways about it. So again, this is from Wikipedia. In the, the book, he condemns tokenism as an act of deception that offers false pride without real power. Quote, the Negro wanted to feel pride in his race with tokenism, the solution was simple. If all 20 million Negroes would keep looking at Ralph Bunch, 
the one man in so exalted a post would generate such a volume of pride that it could be cut into portions and served to everyone. King distinguishes between tokenism and a modest start to equality, writing that tokenism serves to stifle dissent and protest, not to start a process. Mic drop for Dr. King, right? So what he's saying is that you have certain places and certain fields where you have one Black person that they allow or a person of minority that is in this high, high seat. And because they, and let's be honest, they is probably what middle-aged white men allowed that person to ascend to such a high throne. Anyone else of that same race, of that same gender, that should trickle down to us. And we should all feel some kind of pride and we should all be content with that one person's, you know, position. So it's kind of like, uh, what would you call like the Obama effect where people, I, I'm sure you heard this after he was elected. A lot of people were like, well, I'm sure you guys feel really good about that one. You guys have a win because he got it. Then I should be fine where I am. Then you know what? You shouldn't ask for anything else. We let one of you become president. And that is really uh, hard to swallow. But also I made a, when we were playing the game, I mentioned Dick um, Halloran from The Shining. He is what we call the magical Negro. And I'm not going to go too far into that. Um, if you haven't heard about that, I really suggest you look further into it because it is a thing. It goes way, way, way back into TV, you know, movies and what role, like even Chappelle may, had, a, had a joke about it. The Magical Negro is, it's a, it's a wonder. And it's strange how it plays into society and how it has shifted the views society has about Black people and Black older men in general. So if you have a chance, if you're interested, definitely check it out. But um, that's what I've got for this week, Miss Doreen. How are you feeling? Good. So I guess in wrapping up the whole thing with tokenism, I'm going to say if you feel like you are a token, you can call 1-800. I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I think it's important to acknowledge, again, your privilege, whether you be Black, White, Spanish, understanding that not every culture is the same as yours, and just making sure that your race does not define who you are in your group of friends. Yes. Um, you need to find like-minded people. It doesn't matter what race or where they're from or any of that. Like-minded people who appreciate you for you, and you don't have to fit into any particular box because someone says that you are. Like, I have one of my friends is homosexual, and he has always said, like, I might be gay, but I am still a man. You know, he's like, he's like I hate when people treat me as if I'm a woman. And like, oh, I'll get that for you. I'll do. He's like, I'm still a man. Not everybody feels like that. And that's cool. But it helps me to remember that you can't treat someone a certain way because of their race, their religion, their sex, anything. People are who they are. Everyone is an individual and everyone is different. So make sure that you're not treating someone like a token and that you're really embracing them for who they are. And that's it. That's all I have to say about this uh, episode. I hope you guys stay tuned and listen to our next couple of episodes that are going to be coming out. We're going to touch on so many different things. If you have any feedback, you know, please make sure to follow us on social media. We're Ebenistas on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of the good stuff. Ebenistas, look us up, follow us, and share your thoughts, more importantly. Yay! Ba -ba -ba -bam -bam. Bye, -bye. <laughs> Bye guys! <laughs> this Black Woman Magic, the Ebenistas podcast, was created, written, recorded, and produced by Jabby and Doreen. Theme music by Chris Black of Truck Music Productions.